I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Oh, we're not, they're, they're you don't that. you don't love yourself. I'm sorry. You don't love yourself. Dolls link up. We are here to talk about the diva doll herself, Megan or M. Thregan, as she is known in some circles. We, I feel like every like month we anoint someone the diva doll herself. The diva doll herself. Yes. Maybe that should be a hat. Honestly. (laughs) Maybe this month it is literally a doll. uh, Megan M. Thregan. Uh, We have both seen the new film, and a lot of y'all wanted us to talk about it. So we will be talking about it today and other, you know, sort of dumb horror movies that we love to watch. Because this is Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Domu. And I'm Fran Tirado. Hi, Fran. We are doing something that we almost never do, which is recording our news segment in person. Mm -hmm. And something else that we also never do, which is talk about Drag Race. That's not true. We did (laughs) talk about Drag Race. Right. But we we only talk about main season Drag Race, which is, to me, kind of the only Drag Race that exists. And even that. Is Even, pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> pushing it. Because we don't want to be, as we've said before, a Drag Race recap podcast. <laughs> and as several people slid into our DMs <laughs> to warn us not to do. And we were like, we, we are not becoming a Drag Race podcast. But obviously, we both have watched the premiere of season 15. So we want to give our upfront thoughts about the premiere, about the queens. And then throughout the season, when we feel moved, maybe we'll check in about it. But yeah. we will not be doing weekly recaps. Yeah. Or recaps. And not to toot our own horn, it's like you can get like drag race recaps anywhere, right? Like Literally all, all your other culture podcasts Any are gay talking person you about know. it. However, they're all like, you know, cis fag opinions. And so our opinion on this is, you know, nuanced and mine isn't. Beautiful. Mine is <laughs> mine is just a cis fag opinion. There's yeah. the, I don't believe in nuance As, when it comes um, to drag race. I uh am dying when I saw when I when I saw that you had, you were watching this season when you decided to you know join in I was shook what, what I, moved what, you there well, I knew I was gonna I always watch the main season well because literally like I invited you to a drag race screening on Thursday and you said I do not want to be in a room with people watching drag yeah, race or but something but that's the difference I want to watch it at home alone I don't want to be <laughs> in community with gay people <laughs> watching drag race there, it wasn't all um, it was not all men luckily um but I also have to, I didn't understand that. I thought you were just like, I do not want to be in a space <laughs> where no. Drag Race is present. Yeah, so. I don't want to be around a bunch of people I understand, watching Drag Race. I understand it's not, now. it's not fun for me. I bought the season pass on iTunes. Yes. I will be watching it every it, Saturday or Sunday. Is it too redundant of a question for me to ask, like, what? What the? Why you don't want to be in a space watching it versus like watching like why do you want to watch it at home and what do you not like about? And I'm not making this about me. I'm saying like you would never go to a gay bar and watch it. I mean, I have. Right. So I was a very late 
Joiner, I guess. Well, I mean, we're on season fifteen, now, so it's not <laughs> that late. Yet. but I was a I was a a holdout. Like my like, even when I was very involved in gay nightlife, I was very like my thing was like I don't watch Drag Race, and then um, I did start watching it. Like weirdly enough, at a fairy sanctuary, it was, <laughs> it's very strange. Um, that was the first place I ever watched Drag Race. And what season? Uh, season seven. Okay. Um, I started the first, season six. The first er, episode I ever eight. watched was the John Waters episode of season seven. Ooh, good episode. Which was like the only good episode and otherwise kind of boring season. Mm, yeah, which did give us some legends, but um, I did enjoy watching Drag Race. In bars, the first couple seasons that I watched it live, like, um, I used to watch it at Don Pedro, at Bath Salts, um, but it's, you know, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's, like, yes, it's fun to be around people, like, screaming at the screen, but it's, like, it becomes, like, a whole other thing when you're watching it with people and I just, like, I just wanted to enjoy it in the the silence and privacy of my own home. Yeah, my friend group and I, we also like, I like watching it in bar settings, but everyone else in my group is like, it's too loud. I can't hear any of the jokes. Everyone ruins it. They talk over, you know, what's going on. Because well, like, everyone's trying to get their gag in in the audience. Yeah. You know, everyone's tra- everyone thinks they're like, funny. They're, <laughs> ev- yeah, everyone thinks they're funny. <laughs> everyone, and like, I have no patience no. for cis gay men who think they know more about drag than drag queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't need a guy in fucking bonobos shorts being like, (laughs) her look is disgusting. That's not fashion. It's like, babe, you are not one to talk. Bonobos is such an accurate drag. I am aware. Um, Okay, so I have to say, you know, I am I am a a, a drag race stan. All all of of course acknowledging all the annoying things about drag race that come with it. I went to our friend James Scully um, from the Fire Island movie invited me to the premiere. And so I went to like the New York premiere, quote unquote, of drag race. And it was at Regal Regal Cinema Battery Park, like in that interesting, like our that one cinema, and it was just the the weirdest vibe. It was not in like an event venue kind of thing. And then the after party, it was overall like a, a lovely, lovely time, and I loved the event and loved being there. But Rose, the after party for the Drag Race premiere was in the center of the mall at the Oculus. In the whitest lighting, the Weird. brightest, Ugh. whitest lighting. And I'm like, Yikes. why would you put drag queens under this light? I'm sure, I, you know. But well, anyways. it's a drag con rules. <laughs> it is. Yeah. There's, like, something going on where, like, anytime drag race contestants convene, like, the event planners always, like, let's put them in the overhead of overhead lights. Yeah, turn the AC off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, okay. Dying to know. Initial takes, initial thoughts. Favorites, like how did you feel watching this episode in this season? Um, it's I, a little different from usual seasons. I feel in what way? Because it feel well. One, it's the hugest season ever, most contestants ever. The premiere was split up in a way that was like dynamically different than other premieres, and I felt like in a way that was more prominent than other seasons, we're getting this kind of Instagram girls versus, like, old-school show girls. Well, not even Instagram girls, TikTok girls. Yes. Like now we are we now have even progressed because yeah. the whole, like, Instagram drag thing is old at this point. Those are seasoned queens. Yeah, that's Aquaria. You know, that's, n- like, n- you know, really, like, talented social media queens who've already done the thing. Yeah. Now there's a whole other thing of, like, Amethyst coming in saying, I'm the first queen who ever went viral on TikTok. It's like, I don't know that that's a thing. Yeah, and also just like, I wouldn't, if I, if that were me, I mean, I loved Amethyst, but I was like, if I were the first Insta- queen to go, I just would never say that. I'm also glad that my algorithm never <laughs> d- d- is not aware of that. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm not being served, you know, viral drag queens I feel, uh, on TikTok. I feel, although now that I've said it, I'm sure it'll come up the next time I oh, open. Oh shit, we should put our phones page. away. Um, I turn on my do not disturb, yeah. so. I have to say, uh, I am very proud of the fact that I had never heard of Sugar and Spice. Ever. I actually had seen <laughs> seen a video of theirs before, because I don't know why. I think maybe it was on Twitter. Can we start with Sugar and Spice? What did you think? So, I actually think they're kind of fierce. <laughs> they're kind of fierce, right? They are kind of fierce. I mean, they came in, and I was like, who are these boo-boo the fool-looking yes. ass, like, Fashion Nova, you know, girls. And then, you know, like, I... There were a couple moments where they, like, showed their ass a little bit, I think, Mm -hmm. in, 
you know, talking about how long they would take to get ready uh-huh. and, like, running around the workroom not knowing where anything was. But also, like, that's drag. I think um, it's—I was watching The Pit Stop yesterday, and one of them said something about how drag—I think Jinx said drag queens are like gas. They will fill a, any given space. So it's like <laughs> if you give them half an hour to get ready, they'll get ready in half an hour. That's If so you give them funny. four hours, they will take four hours. And, like, knowing a lot of drag queens, I know that to be true. So, like, it doesn't surprise me that they take a long time to get ready. But when it came to the actual, like, work of drag— they were kind of sickening. Um, I I thought Spice's number with the coffin was actually really good. She and unlike a lot of the lip syncers for the talent show, she was giving facial performance. Like she was emoting, she was funny, she got the jokes. Like obviously, this whole song was like written by a team. Probably. I mean, all, all those songs were like, what the fuck? It, like Lucian Piani or yeah. is rolling over in his yeah. grave. I really need. I mean, I don't know why girls keep doing original lip sync songs I mean Spice I think they probably like give them like okay you can record this little lip sync number Mm -hmm. or you can figure something out yourself and they like just I I actually would be very interested to get some kind of behind the scenes look at how these things are produced but that might ruin the magic a little Mm. um Sugar's number was not as good to me and I actually was a little surprised by how positive the judges' reactions to it were. Me too. But then their runway looks were sickening. Amazing. The, they the look bell so good. Was, it was giving a little, like, Leg Avenue Halloween costume, but executed really well. I thought the bell look was amazing. I thought, you know, obviously they were going to be safe, but if they weren't going to be, I felt like Michelle would have dragged them for having corresponding costumes because like when the when the aerial costume when the aerial look came out i was like oh well does the aerial look look as good without the bell costume right and so like what's their strategy outside of each other is like some of the questions that are buzzing in my head about sugar and spice but i also immediately was like oh no do i stand and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they entered the workroom and they immediately cut themselves down. They like they they made they made jokes at their own expense. They were not they didn't take themselves too seriously and they felt pretty honest about the fact that they knew they had to earn rapport and respect from their fellow queens who were who have been doing this on the ground for so long and I think that is the only way they could have done it, right? Yes, they were very self-aware. I also did really like the moment where they thought that Irene and Mistress hated each other. Yes. And they were like, no, you've just never been around drag You've literally never experienced shade. And that's really interesting. And it's and so I telling. Think, I think that will be a very interesting um, narrative to see play out over the course of the season, depending on how long they stick around, is like them for the first time being part of a sisterhood of drag queens. Yeah, and also, I loved Irene. And when Irene was like... You did? I did. I, I'm sorry, I did. And I met, I met her at the premiere, and like, Ugh. and um, my love for Irene doubled down when I met her because she said so many different funny things. And But I... Um, when she was like, when she said in the workroom, she was like, I have to be honest, girls, like, I wish you would throw it back at me. I was like, me too. Because like, back in the days of I just rewatched or I'm rewatching currently season three, Raja's season. I'm rewatching season five. <gasps> Babe. Okay. <but laughs> after, like, after our Hari convo, I was yeah. like, let me go back to the golden yeah, age. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, we talk about it with Har- uh, Hari in a future. Well, app. spoiler alert, where we have a, an episode with, <laughs> with Hari Hari coming out. <laughs> yes. Um. I, I miss that shade. I miss that era of shade. And now the girls are way too cognizant of the camera and how they're going to be perceived online or get the villain edit. And so they yeah, don't want to totally. throw it back. And I was like, no, Irene's it's right. It's such like, a bummer. Yeah. Because, like, know, there's no worse people in the world than Drag Race fans. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Irene, you know, some of her some of her things were not funny, That which is the issue. It's like, that's actually just, like, rude. And But, like, a lot of the other Most things Most of were... them were not funny. Also, after they, <laughs> after they got out of drag and she was, like, sitting on that table, she was like, I can't wait for them to see me and see how hot I am out of drag. It's like, <laughs> girl, I don't know if you're I, doing quite what you think you're doing. Oh, I, I like, well, I, yeah, I mean, you don't ever want to say that. Similar with, like, Aura. When or I thought Aura was obviously the hottest, but when Aura was like, I'm hot and I'm the trade Well, dra- when she said season, she's the trade of the season, you like, can't call yes! yourself I was the like, trade of the season. Someone has to call you that. Really quickly, can we talk about trade of the season? Because... I thought Aura was going to be it, but there are a lot of really None of them hot... are trade of the season. Okay, this is a fundamental misunderstanding oh, right. yeah. <laughs> of what trade is. Because yes. trade, is, trade is unclockable. And oh. all of these girls are clocky T-shots. <laughs> 
and I can say that. Aura is the most mask, but yeah, I, I do tend to agree with you. Well, this is a total creation of Drag Race. Yeah. Which is, like, the idea of the split between being a queen and being a hot boy. Like, this is something Charlene has talked about before. It's like, this is... Like, totally toxic, mm-hmm. and I, I just think the queens who are very preoccupied with being hot men out of drag mm-hmm. are really fucking annoying, and, like, that is, like, not—listen, I'm not a drag queen, but it's, like, not very true to the legacy no. of drag, this idea of, like, the split between you and your drag character. It's a very Rupaulian invention, and it just, like, it's not—it's it's giving— misogyny a little bit. It is. And it's giving, um, oh, like, do you even really care about drag? Are you just like, you know, a, like a, a, a BFA kid who was like, well, yeah. I guess I'm going to be successful as a drag queen and because I can't get cast in like a pilot. Oh, God. I mean, there's a lot of BFA girls in this season. But well, like, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha. I have to talk about Marsha. But like, not to be that girl, trade also is like one of the many words within drag race lexicon that has like come from black culture. And so like when when these like all these girls like try to use it in this like very specific like TV way that is not rooted in like how it was originally created. It's just like not true. So not using the word trade, though. I will have to say there are a lot of hot queens. Like, I think Anitra is so fine. I think Jax is so fine. I mean, he's, like, okay. Yeah. um, I thought, actually, that Amethyst was pretty cute. And unfortunately, 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 sugar and spice. (laughs) How much do you think people offer to, like, them to, like... Have sex. Have sex. Do you think they like constantly get like inquiries? I don't like, know. They were giving me, you know, all that, twins on you know TikTok. That, you know that video of the twinks who are like, <laughs> who are like on vacation. They're like, yeah, we want you to come fuck us with that. Thing. <laughs> like that's what they were giving me. Kind of. Yeah. What if? Okay, this is my conspiracy theory. Yeah. Is that one of them isn't gay, and <gasps> they were like, and it's all marketing. One of them they is in like, the closet. Yeah. They were like, this will be good for the brand for both drag queens. It's and probably the, sugar because sugar straight. wasn't as good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a great conspiracy theory. Yeah, um, so we'll see how that plays out over the course of the season. Um, I'm sorry, dear virgins, that it's taken a th- taken us this long to talk about or to say the name Sasha Colby. Mother. Mother. That was so mother of her and to show up the way she did. <laughs> and the way they were all gagged when she walked in the door, gagged. they were like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm not winning this season. And every drag queen's favorite drag queen is who she is. She is. It's like how they say that so-and-so is a comedian's comedian. Sasha Colby is a drag queen's drag queen. Exactly. And and uh, if you have never had the sublime experience of seeing Sasha perform in person— I can only say that it is only in person that you understand, like, the magnitude that Sasha carries. Like, she has a visceral emotionality that is a full body and face performance. And she also, unlike all the other girls, doesn't do kicks, turns, dips, and splits as much as she does interpretive, like, body horror, like super weird, like, dancing that is, like, antithetical to a lot of, like, drag style. Which is why I think her performance in the talent show didn't quite translate. It wasn't quite as, as, like, gaggy through the screen, but but it was still major. You could tell from the judges' faces. Yeah. you. Oh, the way Ariana was reacting. You know, like, I know that if I was in a room watching that, that I would have been living. And here's the other thing. Sasha, like, she's done that Cranberries performance before. She had it in her repertoire. Like, she knows she's not going to blow all her, all her tricks in the first go. No, no, like, no. she's going to save them. So which, which I'm is, glad she did. It's smart. But I think some of the other girls who don't have the kind of, you know, um, uh, air, don't have the, like, legend around them that Sasha Colby does, did need to come right up the gate and mm-hmm. show off their best shit. Like Anitra, mm-hmm. who, I mean, she tore. Tor deserved to win. I'm now in love with her online, and I followed her. I really, I'm very, very specific about who I follow on Instagram. Like I'm, I'm, I do not uh, yes. follow unless I have to. Yes, you. Ha- it's it's sort of the same way with Real Housewives. It's like it takes a lot. Yeah. For me, I don't I mean I don't really follow drag race people. But. I I do sometimes, especially during the season, and then I might unfollow later if you get annoying after a season over. But well, I they all get annoying. I was already following Sasha and Jax, but I did decide to follow Anitra because I was like, I love your story, and I also don't know any Vegas queens. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. But yeah, uh, speaking of, you know, girls that have to prove themselves... Back to Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. She surprised me. Yeah, I I thought it was very close to Willow Pill's performance from last season. It was almost dangerously. Almost, almost a little too close. The nightgown. Yes, but she did something different, which was the dance element, mm-hmm. and she executed it well. And I have to say, when she came out, like I do like the look. I love the name. I yeah. think it's very funny. Yeah. And I hope that, especially in some of the acting challenges, she will get a chance to show off her BFA or whatever. But definitely not her makeup skills. No, I mean, she was wearing no makeup. Wait, baby, did you clock the... Th- I mean, I, this is like such a you and I thing, but when Ari came in, her idol, Ariana, and and she was like freaking out because this is like her favorite person. She's this like her her role model or whatever, Marsha said to Ari, I'm wearing a full face of your makeup right now. And I was like, babe. Like, I know, I could tell because yeah. they don't make foundation. Yes, I was like, honey, Ariam Beauty is like daytime, like mall girl makeup. Like it's not drag makeup. No, like not, that but is it is not, good. It, it is, it is. I it do like great. some of it. Yeah. Um, but my, I love that they dragged her immediately for like not having makeup on and also saying she had an unstyled human unit. Again, it's like... Well, a lot of those... The first couple girls who walked in yeah. had... It was giving... And because I'm rewatching season five right now, and I also did watch the first episode of season four, it was giving like old drag race where they used to come in with shake yeah. and go wigs on. Absolutely it was. And no makeup. You know, and listen, no I contour. know that we're I know that we're doing the same thing that I was annoyed about before, which is we are people who do not do yeah. drag <laughs> and we are giving our opinions on people who do the insane amount of work that it takes to get into drag. So like please take everything we say with a grain of salt, but also we are people who exist in very close proximity to a lot of drag queens yeah. and have for a long time. So like our opinions are somewhat educated, but also like we we know nothing. Actually, no, 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 no. I, 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 I disagree. I disagree with that. I think it is important, yes, to say, like, people that don't do drag, like, you need to understand your place in criticizing drag. But you and I, we know a l- fucking lot about drag because we've been in that world for a very long time. I actually think that, not to do it, I'm sorry, maybe I'll only speak for myself, but I do think that you and I have been in nightlife for a very long time, and I personally, drag is my favorite art form. I've consumed it like massively for years and years and have relationships and um, use and hire and work with so many queens that, you know, the majority of which have never been on Drag Race. And so I do actually feel extremely qualified, in my opinion, to talk about drag. I mean, I feel qualified to talk about sort of the overall... But I understand the sentiment of what you're saying. I I feel qualified to talk about the overall performance, but, like, I just want everyone who listens to take it with a grain of salt when we talk about people's... Makeup and, like, these skills that we absolutely could not replicate. I'm not saying we could. It's just as someone who has spent a long time in proximity to drag queens, has hired drag queens, has done drag before, has, like, 
worked with people who have been on Drag Race, like, yes, I do feel like I can give my opinion, but I also, like, please always take that with a grain of salt because we are not working drag queens. Exactly. And it, and to the effect of what you're saying, like, the experience of being on Drag Race is, like, terror like it is like a a physically emotionally mentally thing difficult thing to do and you have to do everything you're good at in really compressed amount of time in a really compressed amount of time under pressure in front of people you don't know and cameras and you know and and just to be a drag queen without all that stuff is hard enough and so you know that's i think a great you know point and all of you watching drag race at home you absolutely can never give your opinion about any drag queen, ever. any drag queen online, if you have not ever been somewhere where you saw a drag queen mm-hmm. before live and handed her at least one dollar. Mm-hmm. If your only context or experience of drag is watching Drag Race at home, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and also, sorry, like, drag queens are under attack right now and we have inflation. So it's it, actually the minimum is not a dollar tip. It's two dollars. With inflation, we've, 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 we have a hundred percent inflation increase. Your minimum tip is $2. Yes. And and as we should always be reminding everyone when a new season of Drag Race comes around, support your local queens in whatever way it is possible for you to do so, whether that's going out to a bar and tipping them, whether that's, you know, tipping them on Venmo or buying mm-hmm. their merch or buying tickets to their fucking drag queen story hour. Also, sometimes people are in the back of the crowd and they're holding up the dollar and they're like, oh, if they're not going to come get the dollar, then I'm not going to. It's like, no, crumple it up and throw it onto the stage. Like, give them money. Um, There are ways to give drag queens money and you should be doing that in ways that aren't just giving RuPaul money. Period. So I guess uh, we can close the Drag Race library for now and then maybe open up the Rose Damu library. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I wanted to – we're in Rose's book corner right now. <laughs> Ever I, heard of it? I feel like we should come up with like a little like a music musical yeah, motif yeah, for let, that. Let's have a little j- a jingle. Um, so I did mention this on our Instagram yesterday at like a virgin for 2069. If you're not following it, you should be. But I just started a new book, and if you all would like to read along, I'm not sure how this Rose's Book Corner thing is going to work exactly. But I think for now, what we'll do is um, I I picked I bought this book actually when we were in San Francisco mm, from Fabu- rem- from Fabuloso. Um, it's called Manhunt. It's by Gretcher Felker Martin. It's a sort of post-apocalyptic trans horror novel mm-hmm. um, about a sort of zombie plague that has taken over the world, but it only affects people with an excess of testosterone. Oh. So, like, the only survivors are trans women and cis women. Oh, my God. And there's, like, a roving band of turfs hunting down trans women. <gasps> I, I just started it yesterday. It's really good so far. So, if you want to... Read along, um, pick up the book, get it at the library or like audiobook, whatever. And in a few weeks, I will, once I finished it, um, I'll talk about the book on the show. And that's just how we'll start the year off with Rose's Book Corner. Yeah. And for the virgins, you know, we're still figuring out the cadence of this thing. So tell us like what you want to do in Rose's Book Corner and like what you want my part to be in it because I famously cannot read at the pace that Rose can. Like I can, I mean, reading even a book a month would be hard for me, but I will, you know, this book looks like an easy read and maybe I could try to read it or also just read a a great plot summary and contribute that way. It's very gross. Oh, I like, I think I can get into that. I can get into that. Okay. I, I'm really excited. I myself I, am very gross. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> and uh, is there anything else you're excited about in kind of like gross genre-y stuff? Yeah, I actually this morning watched the series premiere of Mayfair Witches on oh. AMC+. Plus. What's that? Um, so it is a new show that exists in the same television universe as Interview with the Vampire, so Anne Rice's two most famous book series are The Vampire Chronicles, which Interview with the Vampire was the first of, and then The Lives of the Mayfair Witches, which I've actually never read. Mm. And so when Anne Rice, before she died, she and her son were shopping 
this kind of package for adaptation because they wanted to create a, a shared cinematic universe so that these stories, because they are interconnected in the writing, um, could be told on screen in an interconnected way. So Interview with the Vampire came out last year. It was, as we talked about, it was one of my favorite shows of 2022, possibly my favorite show of 2022. Mm. And so... This new series um, just started airing yesterday. It is also set in New Orleans. It's about a neurosurgeon who discover who is adopted and discovers she's part of a long lineage of witches. Um, it stars Alexandra Daddario from the first season of White Lotus. Mm. She was the young wife who was married to the, like, dick guy. Oh, I literally forgot her performance. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but that's she's, great. Her whole thing is, like, she has really big blue eyes. <laughs> that's, like, her main a great character trait. trait. Tim Burton is about to make a, a sequel about her, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> big eyes. Um, also, Harry Hamlin's in the show. What? Yeah. Wait, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Harry Hamlin. I would watch just for Harry. Do you think Lisa's gonna, now that Lisa's not on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she's gonna make a guest appearance? We'll see. She would be a great vampire. um, Oh, really? She might be a vampire in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Did AMC, like, buy a bunch of Anne Rice uh, IP or something? Well, yeah, that's, as I was saying, they bought this shared universe they that's oh that's the what, whole thing they, well they bought these two book properties oh, oh, oh. um and are and have created this thing that they call the immortal universe and so i understand interview with the vampire has been um was was uh renewed for a second season before the first season even came out so that's coming back probably not till 2024 mm. um and i think uh, Mayfair Witches will be probably – I know that they're adapting the first book for the first season, and so we'll see if this gets renewed. And it'll be interesting to watch if maybe some characters we recognize from Interview with the Vampire make appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there was, like, a brief mention of the Mayfair Witches on one of the early episodes of Interview with the Vampire. I liked the first episode. It was interesting. It was very much setting up – all the different characters. There's a sort of like demon guy. There's some like weird incesty stuff. Maybe I don't know. I'm intrigued mm-hmm. uh, and will definitely be watching. All right. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. So... Let's get this out of the way. If there's a fight that needs to happen, what did you think of Megan? <laughs> there is no fight. I loved it. I mean, I, oh thank God, had, oh I, thank God, I, I was so worried. Really? <laughs> okay, look, I know I notoriously have like feedback for like everything, but that's like 
you know, not always true. Like, I feel like sometimes when when a movie just delivers what it promises, like, I don't have other expectations. Like, this is a movie about an animatronic haunted AI doll. Like, I'm not, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna come always... out of it trying to give it some sort of, like, uh, fucking, like, uh, Foucault, like, Michel Foucault kind of, like, you know. Girl, you probably still will. <laughs> but it's not... <laughs> It's not even that you always are trying to find some nuanced take. It is just that we often have the exact opposite opinion on things. Well, and it is kind when of I wild. left the movie theater being like, I loved it, I was like, oh no, did Fran hate it? I know, right? No, I loved it. I loved it. It really delivered exactly what it promised. And it was nonstop totally. entertainment. And it was also scary. Totally. When Ryan and I, my my friend Ryan and I left the movies, he said, oh, I kind of thought the trailer was better than the movie. And I said, no, but like, it was exactly what the trailer promised and nothing more. And I loved that. You know, I, I actually do. Um, I think all trailers are better than movies in a lot of ways. Um, sure. But I, I think... To the effect of what Ryan said, like, I did walk out and I thought to myself, hmm, the trailer did spoil almost all of the best parts. But I also felt like if the trailer hadn't shown Megan doing that dance, like, we wouldn't, the internet would never have... She wouldn't have have turned into an icon. Yeah, the internet never would have freaked out. So I can't really fault them for that. I I think that, you know... No. um, And it's so funny, like, I, okay, just on, like... Just we're talking about like the negative feedback loop and like how we respond to things. I think Megan is actually a great example of like why I always try to find something to say. And it's like when we're talking about something like that has just really been overextended in the gay meme universe. Like it's like Megan's really getting some mileage on the faggot accounts. Okay. Like she deserves it. When we, when we decide to do a podcast episode about it um, or anything that's in this kind of like category of culture, I, I, you and I both really want to like add something new to the conversation, right? Like we're not just, we don't want to like get on here and be like, Megan, slay mother. Oh my God, mother, slay. But that's what we're about to no, do. No, 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 it's not. It's not virgins. It's not. But like the thing is, you know, that's usually why I have this little tick, but just wanted to contextualize that because Megan was genuinely good. And I honestly, I want to know your like raw reactions, but one of the first things that I responded to was the like 11 year old girl that played the Megan doll and like so many practical effects in like the kind of animatronics of Megan. Like it was so real and I'm so glad that they didn't like use majority CGI. You know what I mean? Yes, it was it was a very um in a way simple movie, a simple story about, you know, humanity's own hubris um coming to mm. bite us in the ass. Or it's, Allison it's, Williams' own hubris as a Nepo baby. I love that Allison Williams just plays different versions of Marnie. Yeah. From girls. And in this movie, she was Marnie if Marnie was a scientist, which would never happen. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I do it's wanna... like, it is like, she is genuinely great at it. And there are tons of actresses across the board that do the same character in different scenarios. And this is her character. And she's good at it. It is. I loved the moment. Like, so, okay. Well, first, before we get into it, I just want to, bre- like, Anyone listening, we are going to spoil this movie. We're going to talk in depth about it. So, spoilers, spoilers. And then just like a quick synopsis, if you haven't seen it and don't care about spoilers. Megan is a story about a um, a genius toy um, inventor played by Allison Williams, whose um, sister and her husband die, leaving her as the caregiver for their young daughter who she like doesn't really know how to relate to so she instead gifts her with this experimental like AI robot doll to be her new friend and the doll is evil um that is the basis of truly no no Um, embellishments needed but like I loved just like the Allison Williamsisms of um, like when she brought her home and uh, the little girl whose name I truly cannot remember um, wanted to play with her collectible toys and Allison Williams was like oh you like you don't actually play with those and just <laughs> little, so many little things like that it is a Marnie perfect. it's a Marnieism Allison Williams it is a Marnieism. <laughs> 
Also, I have to say, I mean, skipping very far ahead, halfway through the movie, I turned to Ryan and said, oh, the they're gonna kill Megan with the robot that she showed her in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, and saw Ryan that was like, too. You, and Ryan was like, can you not? And when we left, I was like, it was a Chekhov's robot. I just call him like I see him. You know, like <laughs> storytelling stories are so powerful. Stories are so, and the narrative structure was right there. I didn't see a lot of things coming, but I, I yeah, I did see, I did see that coming. Just because the the robot was so big. Um, but yeah, I um on the on the topic of Allison Williams. <laughs> She is, she was a comically bad mom. Like, like it was like, like protective services, like get in there. Like it is actually like comically bad. Well, that therapist was trying to. Yes. And in any scenario. Also, why didn't the therapist die? I don't know or remember. Um, I don't know or remember. There are a lot of, you know, like questions on the kind of, you know. Uh, uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of questions about the plot that, like, I just didn't really bother asking. I was just like, I, don't know. I was like, I don't care. I'm having a good time, you know. Um, Have you yeah, read this thing that apparently the movie was originally um, gorier and originally had an R rating, and they made it PG-13 so that more people would be able to see it? Um, I would have liked a version that had more kills, more gore. I agree. I I would have watched the director's cut. I'm glad that it has as wide of an audience as it did because this is a record like it, the the record for an opening week like this in the first week of the year has not been broken in a decade. It made forty five million dollars this weekend. Yes, so it's much made money. more money than Babylon. And I think that well, Babylon is. I mean, I, but I I I think that you know. This movie is going to pave the way for so many more like spoopy movies like it. Like it's it's, well, it's going to pave the way for four more Megan movies. Yeah, that too, that too. And I hope this this girl that plays her, I can't even remember what her name is. It's like Jenna something, but she's like you know this eleven year old like gym like Olympic gymnast who apparently invented like a lot of like the moves and mannerisms of Megan herself. Isn't that sick? Okay. Well that we should keep an eye on her because she might be a serial killer IRL. Well, it's incredible. Like she's really talented. Like Jenna Davis plays the voice of Megan. Amy Donald plays the body. Amy Donald is an 11 year old girl. And she was the one who discovered that she could do this like really creepy running on all fours. Like she oh added God, that, that. That moment was incredible. She literally did that. And she added that into the script. She did almost all of her own stunts. She can, she was, she physically can do a backbend and lift her body back up with just her legs. Like she's the one that added these weird Damn. held head tilts. And like, um, and I guess apparently like the animatronic face was not CGI. I thought it was CGI a lot of the time. And apparently a lot of the time the face was a literal prosthetic animatronic. Wow. I love practical effects. You know what else I love? Megan's cover of Sia's Titanium. Which <laughs> that was the best part of the movie. I think it was it was the definitely it was when the audience when I saw it, laughed yes, the hardest. Same. I mean, there was, it was so fun to see it in a theater full of people and everyone like clearly enjoyed it so much. It was such a like no thoughts, head empty, just vibes kind of movie. Even though I did find myself thinking like when the movie ends, like the next scene is Allison Williams and all of her coworkers getting arrested and put in prison for the rest of their lives, and that little girl being taken to foster care because that was Allison Williams's fault. It was like, she created a monster. She did who killed several people. Yeah, she was just drinking her own juice, like her own genius, I guess, just mad scientist kind of vibe on her own supply. I kind of wish the Allison Williams character had ha- had been even crazier like I almost didn't want to root for her but the movie kind of wanted you to root for her but like honestly I was just rooting for Megan pretty much the whole time like I was like you go girl like mm. you have your motives down like I also and she will she will return yeah she absolutely will and I'm like I, I honestly I was reading more about just like how they kind of like piece this doll together and I'm thinking about you know how you said that the, the movie was originally going to be more violent and I think that when they were trying to, like, think about Megan as a character and, like, what kind of things she would do, I think they were so smart to make this, like, haunted doll, like, her movements extremely minimal. Like, right? Like, she's silent when she's when she needs to be silent. And, like, the way they were putting together 
the kind of personality of Megan. They were like, Megan, every single thing that Megan does, and this is, if you haven't seen the movie yet, this is something to keep in mind. Every single thing Megan does is 100% intentional and calculated. And she would not do or say anything unless it's in her like programming benefit to like do it. And so that's why like something like this like weird dance sequence is like so genius because outside of without context you're like what the fuck is going on but then with the like in the context of the film you're like oh my god this like doll creature is like dancing to like distract and disorient the person she's about to kill by pretending to be just like a play doll and it's like yeah but it's also just it's also just for the gag yeah i mean it's but but it's both it like it sold me on both component of like the script and like the social kind of viability and like marketability that it has and i think it's even cooler to know that this 11 year old like kind of co-choreographed it and it wasn't in the original script um, I did love when she ripped that kid's ear off and um, children suck. That little boy was such a monster sociopath mm. and I'm glad that he's dead. I'm glad <laughs> Megan killed him. Of course. I am always happy when children are killed in movies. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> it's funny. You know, I don't find the idea of like killer dolls scary. Like Chucky was never scary to me. I've never seen any of the Annabelle or Conjuring movies. I don't think toys are scary. Um, Megan, you know, she did maybe make me change my mind a little bit. I think there is something about the the uncanny valley of it all. Um, The untranny valley. Mm -hmm. um, Are you saying Megan's trans? Is that There's what you're certainly saying? an argument. There's On certainly the an argument that could be made for Megan being trans. <laughs> of course, as there always is. Maybe that'll be the second. Maybe that'll be the sequel. <laughs> maybe I think at the end of the episode we should we should plot out a, a Megan sequel. Um, okay. M. Tugan. Yeah. But I I don't know. There there's something about how humanoid she looks, but without being human, that is just very unsettling. And you're so right. Her silence and her stillness speak volumes yeah every little every every time that she was supposed to be shut down and you realized she wasn't every time she would be somewhere and then the camera would move and she was gone was ooky spooky ooky spooky uh it was she was great megan is the moment she is mother. She is mother. Yeah. And honestly, loved like the puppet work. Like there was like puppets and like there was just like so many different things where I was just like, thank God they didn't like CGI the whole thing. And like I actually was fiercely afraid of Chucky as a child, unlike you. Like Chucky definitely haunted many of my dreams as a kid. And I never even saw the movie. I've never seen the movie. I just like saw commercials of it and was terrified. But Megan, I think like I sat in the I I I I sat in the chair and I was I was there for like the action plot and, and the laughs. Like I, I think the movie delivered exactly what I thought it was going to, and um, everything else was just uncanny valley, just as you said. Like psychological thriller, like really engaging visuals, like surprisingly good thrills, considering how absurd and gay and stupid it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It was exactly what. It promised to be, and I had so much fun watching it. And um, apparently they are talking about releasing a director's cut in theaters, and I would absolutely go see it again. I don't need to see it again, but I'm very excited for the sequel. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know, we're in that time of year where they dump a lot of the sort of dumb, scary movies. Oh, do they um, usually put those kind of... They, do they? Do we call it spoopy? Did you introduce me to this term? Um, I don't know if I introduced you to it. It's it's a term that's been around for a while. So, but, but it is. It's, it's, you're saying they drop a lot of spoopy movies in January, which I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, well, like January, February are famously where a lot of sort of mid to low budget movies get released because it's that dead space between um the holidays where all the big budget awards movies come out and then the spring which is when the kind of blockbuster movies like marvel movies start rolling out and it traditionally has been like a dumping ground for things that people thought would be like big hits and then tested badly. So they get kind of shuffled to the beginning of the year. But then that leads, that has led to some of those films because there's not a lot of other things in theaters Mm -hmm. uh, being surprise hits like Megan or just being Toda flops. Like one, one movie I can think of that was released at a similar time was, have you ever... I know the answer to this, but have you ever seen or heard of the film Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters? Uh, yeah, actually, I have. You've seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Sorry, I've heard of it. I've heard of okay, it. Okay, you've heard of it. It is one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's good. It's, no, it's horrible. Oh, but it's but it's, it's good bad. It's yeah, it's spoopy. It's um spoopy. It's Hansel and Gretel. Um, it's exactly what is, is promised. It's um, sort of got steampunk vibes. It's like Hansel and Gretel, um, after they killed the witch in the fairy tale, grew up to be witch hunters, and they hunt evil witches around. And it's um, Famke Jessen, who was Jean Grey in the original X-Men films, is the main antagonist. It's lots of, like, um, really, like, gross... um, uh, special effects makeup to make the witches look ugly, really dumb jokes, really anachronistic like um, weapons and action sequences. It's so dumb and funny and perfect, and I love it. And it definitely was released like in January of whatever year it came out. Uh, I don't, I don't really know anything about like the significance of of when things are released in January, but like just in general, like I want to see like. Sp- this spoopy genre like be released with like increased frequency right like in a post like get out world because i think get out maybe a little less spoopy because it was genuinely scary get out had amazing jokes and like i i you know watching that film i remember just that balance and and how things after it like Ma, for example, um, I mean, one of the best films of all time. Please, Ma is incredible. Or like you know this, uh, uh, or honestly, with the resurgence of Jennifer's Body, or something like Zombieland. Or Zombieland was like kind of a long time ago, but like I just want more like it. And so yeah, watching the trailers, like I was like, oh my god, are we gonna get a trailer for like Winnie Pooh Blood and Honey? Or like there was, or also we got the Renfield trailer. I think that looks really good. Um, Renfield's maybe like more comedy than actual spoopy, but like yeah, I want spook, and like, bi- and like bigger. Sp- I want budget. scream. I want scream. You know what I mean? Well, we're getting things like so at my showing, 
They showed the trailer for Cocaine Bear, which comes out in just a couple Ooh, weeks. So stupid. And that's exactly the kind of movie we're talking about. It is. It's exactly, um, yes, it is. Exactly. Um, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. That looks um, so... Knock, Knock at the Cabin. Terrible. Which I was wondering, like, what is it... There is it like that there it's like a, some weird like conversion therapy thing because they're gay. No. And it's, um, I don't think knows? it's going to be f- I think it's going to be the least funny movie ever. I think M. Night Shyamalan has no sense of humor whatsoever. Like it's, I still haven't seen old. I have, I have de- no desire to see that or even well, I mean this movie I think the casting is amazing but the plot sounds fucking dumb. Um, well, once I, I found out that they don't actually say there's something wrong with this beach in old, <laughs> I lost all interest in ever There's something wrong with this beach. With this beach. <laughs> um, okay, what other... Uh, okay, so one of my favorite um, franchises is definitely falls in this category. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Happy Death Day or Happy Death Day to You? No, you brought this up. I've never seen it. What is What is the premise of that? Oh my god! So it's a it's sort of like a Groundhog's Day thing where this girl is um, being there's like a serial killer on her college campus and she dies and then wakes up the next day and she's the only one who remembers it so she has to figure out who the murderer is mm. and it's so stupid but so funny and, and um, so. It's not scary in any way. Um, it's spoopy. It's, it's spoopy. It, it, and the sequel was so good. It also became a, like a trending TikTok sound, I think, at some point last year. Some quote from it. Um, I highly recommend. I probably won't watch that. And I probably won't well, watch... Well, maybe The Virgins will. Yeah, maybe The Virgins will. I, I also... The Virgins will really have to organize to get me to watch Scary Movie, which you constantly tell Girl, me is the best movie ever created have, or whatever. You have to watch Scary Movie. I'm sure I you will. You have to watch Scary Movies 1 and 2. One day, one day when, you know, it's on at a Halloween party or something, I'm going to watch it. Um, but I, I don't think I'll go out of my way to, to watch Scary Movie. Because that's just not my tea. Well, that's, I mean, that's just your loss. It is my loss. It is. I, I, I really am missing out on a huge chunk of the culture, really. And kind you of, are. you know, one of the, the premier spoopy names in the spoopy genre. Even though it's more, I guess, satire than spoop. Like, it's not really scary It's It's straight up parody. Yeah. Like, the thing, about, the thing about the movies that we're talking about is a lot of times they are unintentionally funny. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that in recent years... Films like M. Thregan, like Happy Death Day, like probably Cocaine Bear, which I definitely am going to see in theaters, <laughs> um, know how ridiculous they are and are leaning into it. Whereas I think in years past, like the funny, the funny campiness was sort of accidental. And um, I, yeah, I, I think you should lean into it. I, they knew, Megan, they knew exactly what they were doing. Ugh, they, and they did. it worked so well. They did. I wonder if they like had an original, if they had a different concept, like at the beginning, like if it wasn't supposed to be funny or something, or if they knew from jump that it was going to be like a meme movie, honestly. Um, but regardless, I'm it, happy. It had to be somewhat intentional because like you don't film something like that dance sequence and not realize what you're doing no 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 i mean i know it's intentional in how the movie i'm saying when they concepted it like at the very beginning before they shot everything i was like i wonder if they are they wrote this originally to like not be funny um and then they were like no 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 we need like we need it to be funny you know what i mean like because the dance sequence wasn't in the original script a lot of things you know obviously all movies like change a lot from like beginning to end um, I mean, I think the best horror movies do have a little humor in them. So I'm sure it was part of the DNA of the film from the beginning. So uh, before we go, mm-hmm. if we were the writers of Megan 2, mm. um, what would what would that be? <laughs> so I'm going to say... Okay. <laughs> okay. I've got something. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Megan, obviously, like the movie, the way the way the first Megan ends is like Megan's consciousness still like exists somewhere in the cloud. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say in the second movie, um, there's a young trans girl who is like online, like trying to find resources because she lives in some state that has like, you know, like restrictive like policies on gender affirming care, and. On a message board, someone starts, like, 
chatting with her and giving her advice and they're like yeah i really want a new <gasps> body too oh my god okay 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 let me let me meet you let me meet you okay so okay. this trans girl chatting with the new bot is like starting to like develop a kinship with this like you know this like anonymous person on online sisterhooding sister well i was gonna say maybe sisterhooding but the let's say i was gonna say the megan talking because it is megan's consciousness is trying to find reasons to connect to a new primary partner right and 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 megan says I myself experienced gender dysphoria and I would like to be inhabiting a boy doll's body and my name is Egan. <gasps> oh, yeah. twist. And it's called Egan and the movie is called Egan and then it's like maybe like a little boy like twink doll and the, and this trans okay, girl so plays the, with him. Yeah. And so the trans girl is like she's like a young scientist. Yeah. She's like a, a prodigy. <laughs> Why is everyone and a so, scientist? <laughs> of course. So she so she builds Egan a body. Yeah. And Egan's like, if you build me this body, I will help you get the gender affirming care you need. No. So Egan, so Egan comes care. So Egan comes to life and then starts like killing doctors and psychiatrists <laughs> and getting the little girl the estrogen she needs. Literally every and movie we've ever concepted is a trans revenge story. Like a, a horrific what other trans movie is revenge there? story. And yeah, those are that's the genre. That's the genre. Okay, so which which Sia song is Megan gonna cover in the sequel? Chandelier? Chandelier's too obvious. Elastic Heart would be good. Because maybe, like, Egan is maybe more made of, like, rubber and, like, silicone. Oh, okay. Great. And the movie ends with um, the Met Egan killing Governor Ron DeSantis <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> and, and becoming and installing himself as the new governor. <sighs> and, and making gender-affirming care accessible to all. The end. The end. Wait, will Allison Williams come back? Oh, absolutely. But yeah. like, she has a she has more of a, a cameo role. Like, she appears in the third act. Uh, in the in the third act. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like a big. Moment. And she does misgender Egan. <laughs> Wait. Okay. We yeah. we need some sort of. So we need a kind of like concerned mother figure who is playing the trans girl's like mom, right? Like a, maybe it's a concerned father figure. Let's flip the script. Yeah, I was I was going to say Judy Greer, but who's the male Judy Greer? <laughs> Elijah Wood. <laughs> no, he's going to be in yellow jackets. That's too close. It's too close. What about um what about um Justin Long? Justin Long's great. Since we're since we're in the middle of the Justin Long Assance post barbarian. Justin Long Assance. She should have a gay dad. Oh, and Jonathan Croft is going to be in the M. Night Shyamalan movie, damn it. Okay, okay yeah, What's, who's a close. gay guy that's going to be, who would be great in, like, thrills? And, you know, you know, Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett from uh, White sure. Lotus does, and the, Does that mean the little trans girl has to be Australian? No. I don't, because I don't support no, that. No, he could, he could have a, he could do an American accent. Okay, great. Yeah, for sure, for okay. sure. Okay. Okay, Megan 3, Egan. <laughs> Egan! Megan 2, Megan 2, Egan, coming to you um, <laughs> winter 2025. Yes. Tugan. <laughs> Tugan. Next week, we will be back with an episode all about Julia Roberts a.k.a. Mother, not just in the film Mother's Day. Um, so make sure that you rewatch your favorite Julia Roberts performance, whatever that is. And uh, we will be diving into her filmography, her existence as the last movie star, and more. Please rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Uh, my name's Rose Domu. You can find me anywhere online at Rose Domu. And my name is Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishko anywhere you like. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producers, Phoebe Unter, with support from Lindsay Hoffman and Nikki Etor. Until next week, au revoir, virgins. Me. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.